Welcome to the Oxcala Podcast by University of Oxford South Asian Art Society. This is your host, Shishir Rao. In this Reflections episode, we conduct a brief recap on concepts discussed in episodes 4 and 5. Episodes concerning elemental creativity with Sri Raghavan Maniyanji as our guest. We discuss how one can create through melody, through rhythm, and also through lyric, through poetry. We discuss the concept of melody first, and primarily melody, where we discuss that the raga is the primary instrument of creativity, of melody. Ragas are, to summarize briefly, sets of notes with rules governing the ascent and descent of said notes, and how exactly do musicians improvise on the raga? Well, through concepts such as alap. Alap is freeform expansion on the notes of the raga. Of course, one must be within the rules, the grammar of the raga. But other than that, really, the musician is free to test his or her imagination of the raga. This expansion is a freeform type of expansion on the raga. But where exactly is it done? How exactly is it done? Well, one way is at the very beginning of the presentation of the raga itself. The performer presents the rag, she or he is singing or playing on an instrument, and then proceeds to do an introductory sort of expansion presentation of the basic spirit, the general spirit and movement of the raga. Now, just to demonstrate a quick example, I will take the rag Shri in Hindustani music, in Tat Purvi, and uh, give a general demonstration of how this would work. I shall conduct this demonstration in Sargam or Solfej, to explicitly show the notes that I'll be presenting. Now, almost always, this presentation is followed by a composition in both Hindustani, Carnatic, and even Drupad styles of Indian classical music. Now, this composition may be slow, fast, medium-tempoed, but again, when the musician presents this composition, oftentimes, expansions of alap are conducted within the composition itself. This form of presentation of alap is usually done in a way where the musician interleaves the composition and the alap in the presentation of the raga. To give a quick example, let's take a composition in the same raga that we demonstrated earlier, Rag Shri. This composition is a Madhyalaya composition composed by the great Pandit Rama Shreja. For practical purposes, we'll just be going through a couple lines of the composition, not demonstrating it in entirety. But the thing to note is it's a medium-paced composition which leaves ample opportunity to conduct alap within the composition structure. The composition goes as following. So an alap in this composition would go something along the lines of this. Again in Sargam, just to notate the entire process. Sad 
ಸರ್ಬಾದ ಮಗರ ಬಾದ ದಾಬಾದ ದಮ ಬನಿ ದಾಬಾದ So in this composition I have rendered an ala the line was guru ke pagapariye dariye dhyan and i began singing a few words of that line then launched into ala and then concluded by picking up the line at the correct beat now that we've shown a couple ways to do the ala itself now let's discuss the presentation aspects of exploration of melody now how is ala exactly conducted can we just form alaps in any which way we want or are there some more implicit rules some structures governing how one can present the actual concept of alap raghavan ji does a brilliant job of explaining how in carnatic there are actually these implicit structures governing how performers present their work now whether one actually sticks to these conventions these structures in presentation is a complete aesthetic choice and artistic liberty that one may choose to exercise on stage whilst presenting but the fact remains that these conventions have been honed over time and we discussed one particular convention the idea of alap especially the introductory alap as a tool to introduce or infer elements of the composition that one will present now let's take this raga shri again and give a demonstrative example of how one may use alap to prime what's going to be sung after so the first line of the composition guru ke pag pariye sounds like this in notational form da mai ga ga re ga re sa re ne pa pa ma pa da ma ga ga re ga re sa re ne very categorically shri now how do we take that line and use that line in some form of expansion of the introductory alap such that when we sing the alap it knocks out two birds with one stone first bird is demonstrating very clearly what rag we're singing we're singing shri that the alap informed that second also hint at the this first line of the composition in order to make a gentle suggestion to the audience as to what to expect so it goes something like this since the first line as i said was da ma ga ga re ga re sa i would start an alap with notes something along the lines of this again to show it in sargam sa re ba pa pa ma pa ta da ma ga ga re sa re pa ba or raghavan ji also demonstrated that you could take the line in reverse or swivel it around its pivot which is the sum in this case 
and present the notes which govern that. So for example, to be more concrete in this composition would be So we started with so we catapult straight into the perhaps as a introductory phrase of the introductory alap and we end that introductory alap with to put it all together an introductory alap for this rendition of the line Starting with the Riyadhyan would be something along the lines of this. Raghavanji here makes an absolutely brilliant point about how to now present an introductory alap for any given rag, really. He says that in this way, if we take the alap such that it reminds one or suggests a translation of the first line of the composition that one's about to present, it won't be hinting too much at the first line. Thus, the introductory alap will remain unique will remain a figment of a suggestion of the first line, but won't consume and give away the entire composition just in the introductory alap. The musician in this way is actually giving away the first line without giving away the first line. Now this really begs the question, what's the point of our expansions of alap? What is the point of improvising over these seven notes of the Raga Shri? Is it just to prime the composition? just to lead up to the composition, is the composition the entire point of presentation? Well, yes and no, and we'll come to that later. But it's definitely the truth that if one presents an alap at the very beginning of presentation that is completely perpendicular or orthogonal to the flow of the composition, it would sound really perhaps weird, really jarring. Now, of course, there might be an aesthetic way to go about doing this, but for the most part, the convention exists where one readies the composition with an ala probably because it sounds generally good. Most of the time it works, and that's probably why this convention is stuck around. It's a time-tested one. Now there are other ways to render an ala such that the ala gives hints as to the composition or rendition of the daga that follows. For example, one simple way of doing it is doing a general ala in the raga, whatever raga that you may present, and maintaining the range of the composition, at least the range of the astai, or the first part of the composition. If the composition is in the middle notes, then one could stick to the middle notes, and thus hint at what range the composition will be. Another way is to hint at the pace of the composition. This can mean something as simple as just a slow alap with a slow composition, a medium-paced alap paired with a medium one, and a fast-paced alap paired with a fast composition. However, it could mean something a bit more complex as well. It could mean the introduction of an alap that maintains the same stresses, the same pauses as the composition to follow. Let me try and demonstrate how this would look like. So the composition we've been playing around with has two stress points, fundamentally. 
पग पर धरे ध्यान सारे पाव so one can do all up and then end with this construction as a motif of the composition to come for example or In this case, I purposefully sang the alap without using sargam, but just using akar to demonstrate that no matter what other stuff that I sing in this alap, the phrase to look out for that remains a motif throughout the alap is In notes, this would be There's actually two interesting things going on here with this phrase. The first thing that's actually happening with this phrase in the alap is it's alluding quite explicitly to the line dariya dhyan dariya dhyan the second thing that's happening in this phrase is a bit more subtle not only am i singing the exact notes which constitute the line dariya dhyan but i'm also singing it at the exact same pace the exact same rhythm ra ra na ra na i'm not singing it as ah 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 or neither Uh, or something like that, right? I'm singing it in exactly the same way, thereby naturally alluding to the material to come. In this specific composition, the rest of the astai goes as the following. Goro ke pag par dar dhyan man nisvasad sumed ye naam paave Now in this you hear a very interesting phrase a phrase which is not often shown in shri compositions this interesting phrase specifically occurs in the last line of the astai This is yet another facet of Pandit Ramachandra's brilliance He capitalizes on the very erratic movements of Shri by not just taking the pa re mean which he does often but also taking the upper re to lower rishab mean. Now since this is a trademark or one of the many trademarks one can say about this beautiful composition we can use this to allude to the composition as well. Such a defining characteristic. So why can't we just pull it right back into the introductory alap which is there to indeed do exactly that introduce this beautiful composition. A quick demonstration with inclusion of this phrase in the introductory alap. Ah. 
In this rendition of the Alap, again, I leave out the Sargam, but the phrase remains pretty clear. It's taken in... Very clearly, right? And that's the intention. I'm alluding to that actual phrase used in the composition in the introductory Alap itself. Thus, initiating the conversation about the composition to come. Lastly, to just finish up this conversation on how to allude to the composition within the introductory alap, we take another method. This time a very simple one, but when used effectively, works absolutely brilliantly. It's the method of actually using the composition itself in a form of bol alap before beginning to sing the composition with tal. So for example, it would go something along the lines of this. I'd start with the usual introductory alap to set up naraga, and then proceed with inclusion of the actual words from the composition. So then I begin the actual composition. Now in the space of this Reflections episode, we've really discussed so many ways to allude to the composition in the introductory alap itself. And that was the point, right? Raghavanji has demonstrated a very beautiful way to introduce all the material there is to come in seamless order, such that whatever material you're presenting right now will flow into the next piece of material you're presenting. You know, the alap right now is hinting the next composition, and maybe progress and improvisation in the next composition is hinting the next composition after that if you're doing a drut or a faster piece in the same raga. Now, let's take away this dogma that we're approaching our music with, that our music needs to have a seamless flow of ideas in order for it to be considered music or art. If we remove this construction now, this dogma, what is left? Is what's left still an art, still music, specifically, can it still be within the context of Hindustani or Carnatic music or more generally Indian classical music at large? Now this would be more along the lines of what Raghavanji was alluding to, the idea of a pure alap concert, where there is no specter of the composition or material to come, but rather you're wholly participating in the right here and right now. This type of concert, where, uh, for example, the alap becomes the mainstay focus, helps us redefine the aesthetic, what, what we find beautiful in perhaps a couple different ways. In one way, and perhaps the most clear, it helps us redefine what is beautiful by looking to the alap itself as a source of beauty. Now the alap, as we just said, is usually a constructive tool used to lead into a composition, but why can't the alap itself be the product of 
music itself, the product of the performance itself. Now in these type of concerts, we redefine the source of beauty. We exclusively look to the Allah for our source of musical pleasure, for our source of aesthetics, as opposed to something else. The Allah is now the means of presentation and the product. That's the first step away, that we redefine what is beautiful in Indian classical music through this concept of Allah concerts. The second way is that since Allah in that moment will have nothing that follows it, that means that, as we said before, the musician will be participating solely in the right here and right now. And since the musical constructions are not there to precede anything, and the presenter is not building up to something and developing a honed, chiseled presentation of a raga, the creative process itself is the presentation, as opposed to when the presentation was the presentation of raga A. And in raga A, we will begin with an introductory alab, present composition alpha, and follow with composition beta. But in this case, there's nothing like that, right? There's no menu. There's no fixed assortment of dishes. To speak of this in terms of culinary arts, an example would be participation in a chef's table sort of scenario, where willing participants are seated in front of the chef, and she or he decides to cook something up on the spot and demonstrate the creative process as the dish is being prepared. Show how the dish is being prepared. Show the thought process. Perhaps the chef will speak out loud, will indicate the choices she or he will be making via affirmation as to how the dish is going, how the dish is being prepared. And what you get at the end of this is obviously a very enjoyable meal. But second, you get for a second, a millisecond, get to peer into the creative process of the chef herself or himself, right? You get to see what she or he was thinking in that exact process whilst developing that dish. It's different than just, say, a prepared fixed menu where cooking is happening behind closed doors and you don't know what's going on, but all you know is you're going to get a fantastic meal. And of course, you enjoy the meal, and that's one form of great art. Another is a more intimate one where you get to exactly observe the creative processes happening in the moment with the artist. This artist could be a painter, this artist could be a chef, a musician in this case. Now coming back to the world of Indian classical music, these concerts which revolve around Allah actually do one more very beautiful thing. They actually show the raga for the sake of showing the raga. You know, the raga becomes the mainstay focus as opposed to a composition in a raga. If the alap that one does in both Karnatic and Hindustani is a predecessor leading up to the composition, it begs the question, is the composition the star of the show? But having concerts where alap is the focus makes it indubitably clear that really that the raga is the focus of this presentation. Now we've defined what we find beautiful, right? In this construction of an Indian classical music concert or presentation, we look to the alap to be the product of presentation, A. B, we look to the alap to be a proxy for the creative process, thereby allowing us to access how the artist thinks about improvising in this art form in real time. And C, we find that now, since the concert is almost purely alap, we have something else. We are able to absorb the unadulterated raga, just pure raga, not overshadowed by anything else that is yet to come. Now, of course, this might be a little less palatable than the current concert format, the current presentation format of Indian classical music, 
It helps to have lyrics, it helps to have a language for audiences to bind to, to hold on to as an anchor, as creative material is being presented around it. But, of course, with this kind of abstract expression, pure alap, as we just said, it might be harder for audience members to latch onto something, thus making this type of concert and experience a bit more inaccessible. I think one thing which is very important when we discuss the arts is how much of the material that an audience member will be experiencing in the art form is expected and how much of the material is unexpected. Naturally, um, in most forms of art, uh, there's a healthy balance of the two. For example, in films, you go and see a film, you expect there to be something because you watch the trailer of it, right? There's an expectation. This could mean uh, the language is a language which you know so you can understand what's being said. The expectation, for example, that it's going to be an action film, that there's going to be some fight scenes or something. So you, again, are expecting something and you'll hopefully get it. But also there's a healthy amount of things that one does not expect in a film, right? Like a plot twist. That'd be great. A plot twist is not expected, but when it's done well, we all enjoy it. Or, for example, a new character that comes out of nowhere, a famous cameo like Matt Damon in Interstellar. We like that. We like it when there's something unexpected. But yet, we need something that we can hold on to. Interstellar, for example, is a film about, you know, going out to the stars. So I expect there to be some amount of action in space. As currently the Indian classical music concert is structured, developing and presenting an alap concert will have very little for the audience to perhaps bind to, which might make it hard at first to acclimate, as Raghunji and I were actually discussing. All hypotheticals aside, I had a very similar experience with Drupad concerts. I found it very difficult to listen to Drupad because what Drupad was was so far away from what I knew in Hindustani classical music, so I had to acclimate to that. Once I slowly started getting exposed to legends of Drupad in past and present, uh, it became completely different. My appreciation of Drupad was separate, and my appreciation of Hindustani classical music was separate. So, just like that, really, the way we appreciate Hindustani classical music can be completely different than the way we appreciate Carnatic, which can be completely different than the way we appreciate Drupad, and so on and so on, and specifically how we appreciate this concept of a concert that is exclusively Allah-based. So just to recap, in this Reflections episode, we discussed a couple things. We looked at how one can prime the composition with the alab in a multitude of ways, as well as how someone can render alab by itself, the concert entirely being composed of alab and nothing else. Thanks very much for joining us. This is Ox Kala Podcast.